Mic check, what up, what up, this your girl Gangsta Boo And right now, I see faces in the corner (laughs) I'll tell you a story A scary story though One about fear, about what fear is. Fear is what? Fear is torment. Fear is war. Fear is death. Fear is disease. Fear is collapse. Hell, fear is hell. Fear is the only emotion that is designed to save your life, but also the only one associated with taking your life, as in being scared to death. But sometimes, fear can be something as simple as lying awake in your bed at night, alone, thinking, damn. Wait, did I just see something? What is that over there in my corner? All right, like me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people know me as a devil's daughter, El Mafia, or Gangsta Boo from Memphis, Tennessee, from the group 3-6 Mafia. But tonight, I'm Lola Mitchell, and I'm bringing you Faces in the Corner. Gangsta Boots music is sort of about human fear and how it can be both stultifying and completely stop you in your tracks or the idea that it is actually funny or both really one of my favorite rappers of all time like one of the most influential people in music period so thank you my story is more suspense than horror i would say late 2006 or early 2007 me and my 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 best friend he he had a car, which was a big deal. And, you know, when you're 16 or 17 in Chicago, there are a lot of places that you are sort of able to get in underage or things like warehouse parties. And, like, you can just, like, take a bunch of friends to a park or a beach or drink there. Pretty much the same as anywhere else. Sometimes you're even so lucky as to have someone's parents who aren't in town or even, like, don't care let you do all that in their basement. It's a wonderful pleasure to be able to drink underage while you're inside. But for the most part, you're just, you're, you're riding around. You're looking for the next place that will allow you to do that. The next thing that passes for any type of mental occupation, anything, anything at all. Uh, sometimes you're just driving because it's still new to you, but we were, we, we did find the rare prize of an indoor setting where we could, that wasn't any of our homes, where we could, you know, drink and like smoke shitty weed. And it was actually friends of my best friend. This was a family of people. There was a mom, there was an uncle, there were some cousins, and there were uh, two siblings. And they weren't like hardened criminals in any way. Like they didn't like kill anyone or like, you know, they were like selling weed for the most part. We were, we would hang out at their house sometime and it was, it was a bit of a drive, but that's, that's not a problem when you're 16. Where do you have to be? And we would go there. They were, they were cool. We'd like just bullshit about like sports or music and stuff. And it's like, you're just like thrilled to kind of be in a somewhat like adult setting as a, as a kid. And like, to not have to obey most of the rules that you usually have to obey. But we did go this one time and this was, 
time the story happens, we uh, were there. It was uh, around winter. One of the uh, younger brothers who were like uh, about our age, like a couple years older, um, asked to borrow my best friend's car. You know, he said, yeah, just, I mean, I really love it. It was a Katera. He was very, like, precious about his Katera, which is, like, pretty funny in retrospect because that's that's the call, car, like, Polly from The Sopranos would drive if he wasn't in the Mafia. He's like, yeah, you can borrow my Katera. Just, like, don't do anything crazy. Like, don't get a fucking ticket or whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We're like, okay, fine, whatever. Well, we can't go to the store in this time or, like to try to pay a guy to buy us beer in this time, but like, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll come back. And this, you know, we've been hanging out in their house so much. They deserve, they deserve something on our end a little more than just like the shitty weed or whatever we're bringing. 10 minutes passed. Said it'd be like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe it's a bit late. 20 minutes passed. Okay. Well, we've, we're, we're just like hot boxing this like two bedroom apartment with just like the most burnt out shittiest weed so we're losing track of time anyway it's not a it's not a real concept uh in the, as they say in dark souls time is light and we were we were outside of the light and time so we stopped thinking about it for a bit we stopped thinking about it for one hour we stopped thinking about it for two hours we kept bullshitting with the people who were there. I had like a really like fat neck at the time so like the mom would call me like Trump <laughs> said I looked like Donald Trump, which I guess like I was just so excited to be compared to like anyone in 2007. I was like, yeah, thank you. But she's she like making fun of me, not like brutally, but like pretty funny. We get to hour three. Now we're counting time again. You know, when you smoke shitty weed, you can it can only you're only in the clouds for so long before you make that smoky, charred <laughs> tasting crash down to earth. And we're out of, like, Bacardi or whatever bullshit we would bring. And we're starting to get worried. Who would be... What could he possibly be doing for two hours? What could he possibly be doing for three hours? What could he possibly be doing for four hours? This was horrifying. Because, you know, we knew that the cops in Chicago would just, like, routinely, like, pull people over for nothing. Like, beat the shit out of people. We knew that, like... These these guys, our friends, were like, you know, again, they weren't like hardened criminals, but like bad shit can happen to you. It, it can, especially if like you you have cash on you or, you know, you're in a like you're in a car that like people haven't seen you in or whatever. Like bad shit happens for no rhyme or reason. And if someone's gone for four hours and they said it'd be 10 or 15, you start assuming the worst in your paranoid 16 year old brain you start trying to come up with reasons why this is going to uniquely impact you. Like, oh, was my shitty, like, little piece with resin in it in there? Oh, they're going to DNA trace it back to me or some shit, you know? Just nonsense. Just, like, bullshit. But you're just hyperactively worrying. And, but yeah, we were biting our fingernails. It was, it was fucked up. Everyone was nervous. But then, like, unceremoniously, they arrive. They're back. Our heroes are back. And after the relief subsides, my friend goes, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, why were you? What do, where were you? What were you doing? Now that the suspense is gone, he goes, uh, nothing, which is such a funny hour answer after four hours, right? Nothing. What kind of nothing? And his brother is like, no, no, fucking tell him. 
they were in this club that they would go to a lot. I'm not going to say the name of the club. I don't even know if it still exists. But like again, you know, I don't I don't want to get anyone in trouble. He was trying to show his friend his gun, and he fucking dropped it. He just fat fingered it. He dropped it. Thank God, didn't hit anyone. Shot out a window though. Everyone cleared out because it's like, yeah, you think someone's shooting the fucking place up? And they sped away from the cops for like, you know, two hours of doing this shit, you know? And then this came from like, it contained anxiety that had been curtailed to uh, this thing that like hung over us for a while. Where we thought like, oh my God, they're going to say this car was used in a fucking shooting. Oh my fucking God. I don't know. I don't even know what I thought would happen to me because it's like, it wasn't my car, but it's like. Oh, what did they prove that you like rode in that car? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I thought, but I worried about it so much. So fucking much. But you know what? Like a lot of things in life, this is a loose end that never got tied up. It is just one of those things. And that is the scariest thing sometimes. Some things in life just do not get resolved. Yo, what up? This your girl, Gangsta Boo. Make sure you follow me on my Instagram at Miss Yeho. M-I-S-S-Y-E-A-H-O-E. Yo, yeah. man, you in, and you in New York now? Where you at? I am sitting, Lola, in front of St. Mark's Church, which is the oldest place of worship in Manhattan. And it's it's a spooky old haunted church. St. Mark's Church has got all these crazy haunted stories. So I'm in the East Village, but I'm in a really spooky, actually looking at in front of a graveyard right now. Why are you doing so, Why? Did you do that just to tell the story? Yeah. Why the fuck? I, it's, it's on my block, yo. I, I just like walked out my door and I was like, oh, cool. I can just sit in front of the church and, and tell Ooh. these stories. Yeah. I, I, need to, I need to hear this. All right. Yeah. Well, so, so and this is all real shit. Okay. Th this just happened the other fucking night. Yeah, this past Saturday night, I played a show up in New England, in New Hampshire, in this old ass revolutionary war town. And so we played this this little outdoor festival. It's cool. This is with Super Wolves. So we go back to our hotel, which is in an old house from 1770 fucking five, from a year before 1776. It's this little old house, this cool kind of. It's been it's been an active hotel the whole goddamn time. It's this tiny little New England town, and me and Jr. After the show, it's like midnight. We're staying in this old house and we're like, fuck it, let's walk around. It's beautiful. It's just like moonlit. And, you know, we already, we passed graveyards and shit. And so we get, we smoke some weed and we're like, let's find that graveyard. So we go and we find this graveyard that's like really close to the, to where we're staying. But, you know, again, dark night, midnight, old town, stars are out. It's spooky, but it's beautiful. And then we come on this graveyard and it's a fucking, there's like a big fence. There's a fence with like a thing over over it that says 
the wives and daughters of 1776, dedicated to the wives and daughters of 1776. And it's this fucking old ass spooky graveyard. So we're already spooked. This is just the other night. I, I can't stress how funny this was. So we walk in and we're like, we're feeling it. You know, it's like this old ass graveyard. And I swear to God, out of nowhere, we hear a sound like a giant fucking animal that goes <laughs> this fucking sound. And we, we JR is my girlfriend. We, we fucking like Scooby-Doo the fuck out uh. of the graveyard. Like we're like, <gasps> you know, running out. Swear to God, we're like, what the fuck was that? And then it was so much fun to be that scared, you know what I mean? Wow. And 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 to be like with your girlfriend and be that scared and not know what the fuck it was. But we had our suspicions. So the next morning we went out, went back to the graveyard. There's a horse. There's a, a field with a horse standing in it, right next to it, and it's a blindfolded fucking horse. That's this noisy ass horse, and that's what it was. But it. <laughs> fucking scared the shit out of me i love that visual of the blindfolded horse just uh, yeah it was a blindfolded weird noisy ass horse but again can you imagine just this sound was fucked <laughs> yeah. up. So, uh, that which which reminded me of another fucked up story that happened to me this is like mid 90s and i am gonna spend the first night in this new apartment that's just a big old school loft and i can tell you exactly where, where the supreme store in new york is there's it's an old bank right next door to it was this two-story old ass building and on the second floor is and they've since knocked the building down um but there is this old ass building and i got the sublet where i was gonna you know i'm renting this place from a, from a friend who was like who was always traveling, was never there, and always knew all these kind of weird people. And, and But she was like, yeah, there might be somebody staying there, but I'm not sure. Anyway, you know, like first of the month rolls around and I give her money and I put some shit down, you know, whatever. I'm like, I, I barely had any stuff anyway. And so there's, they have, there's a couch in this big old empty loft. And again, it's a big spooky loft on the Bowery in Manhattan. It was definitely like, like the Bowery has got all this kind of like gangs of New York shit, all this yeah. kind of history to it. Right. And so it's a very fucking spooky loft. I don't know how else to put it, but it's a big room. There's like a shower in the corner. And then uh, my friend had made a little makeshift sort of like kind of a bedroom, just like a, some drywall that she put up, you know. And so there's kind of like a little area that was sort of like a bedroom, I guess. And then a big empty room with a couch by the window that looks out onto the street. It's late at night, I'm fucking drunk or whatever. I don't know, I'm a kid and I, I and I, I but I'm, this is the first night in this spooky new place. And I remember thinking, I don't wanna stay here alone because it's fucking spooky, but fuck it. So I remember I'm, I'm drunk, I go into the place. I, I'm like, I'm not gonna go in that spooky bedroom thing, you know, cause I, I just, I can't deal with that. So there's the couch and there's some light coming in from the street on the couch, I'm like, fuck it. So I go, again, it's late at night. I lie down and I kind of start vibing out of the place. And it's definitely a fucking weird, spooky. Uh, the vibes are like, wow, there's probably like a child labor factory in this place, you know, in like the 1800s right. and shit. It's just like <laughs> yeah. bad vibes, it's just fucking bad vibes. And I'm, and I'm starting to work myself up, you know, and, you know, again, it's, it's mid 90s, it's 2 a.m. I'm in my 20s and I'm all fucked up and I'm, I'm like in this new. You know that song Haunted House? Just moved in this house today. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah. There's a song about moving to a haunted house. And I'm thinking about that song. 
I was like, this is fucked up. And then I swear to God, from out of the bedroom, I hear, uh, 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 this fucking, just like that, like a, a zombie sound. And I am paralyzed on this raggedy couch, just paralyzed. I'm like, I can't believe that it's happening, you know? And then I hear again, and I hear shifting and moving around, right? And I'm like, so I sort I sit up and I look in the direction of this fucking bedroom, this dark fucking door. And it gets just like drywall. It's a big room. And in the corner, there's some, there, there's a wall and there's a little hole in the wall. And I'm looking at that hole in the wall and a fucking dude walks out a shirtless dude covered in blood walks out of this fucking <laughs> doorway he's and he's going uh, and i just go yo yo dude whoa like i just make a bunch of noise because i just like i can't i just scream at this bloody fucking zombie human and the guy kind of comes to and disappears back into the room and I get the fuck out and get the fuck out of there and stay. So I don't know. I don't even know where the fuck I stayed that night. So, yeah. So, like, so, did, did, like, did you ever figure out who this, who this cat was? Nope. Never asked. Oh, my God. I, you know, I put it together that obviously it was some other friend who must have been blackout drunk and a sleepwalker and had fucking gotten into a fight or something like that but it was a it was a fucking covered in blood howling sleepwalking fucking dude it was it was just like a nightmare you know <laughs> you couldn't dude, i was shit myself no doubt about it it was <laughs> fucked up lola what do you think of that it was pretty fucking terrifying the part when you said uh i like when you were saying when you said you was on a raggedy ass couch oh dude it was so spooky. So those are like my spooky stories. Now, these are just a couple of quick near-death stories. That, Damn, Matt, you got that, stories. <laughs> that, that, that I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell them really quick. And and they involve they involve traveling on private airplanes. Okay, so I'm going to and, and and if you don't mind, I'm going to leave out whose fucking planes they were because it's, it's not a big deal. Okay, but, no but, but it, was, it was people I was fucking working with back a long time ago. It doesn't matter. So. Two stories, two very different situations. PJ yes, yes. So, 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 I'm working on a fancy record in LA, and I get invited by the kindness of the singer to go to Las Vegas to like just see them play a show and then go back to work in LA. And they're like, "Hey, you know, they got they got it. You know, I, actually, I got my plane, and we're just going to do it. You want to go?" I was like, "Hey, fuck, what am I going to say? No, you know." So everything's cool. You know, it's a private plane. I remember there was there was uh, fucking leopard print, maybe pink leopard print uh, <laughs> wallpaper. It seats about you know uh, maybe ten seats, and it's cool. And I'm trying to be you know trying to be chill and trying to be cool and respectful and act like you've the, been there before. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you know, and 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 in a private plane, when you go up, you really it's like a roller coaster you like it, it doesn't feel that way in a jet i don't know how that works but when you're in a, in a in a jet plane in a little jet plane and you're going into the sky you know so the plane takes off everything's cool but i was like whoa like you really feel that you are going way up you know like 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 you're like a you're, rocket yeah 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 it feels like a rocket and or, or a roller you know you're you're fucking back and, you, and your head's kind of leaning back and you're going up and i remember thinking 
I remember asking and the pilot, you, you can speak to the pilot. And I think, I think I was like, how long does it take before? How long does the whole rise take? And he's like, it's like, he just takes about 10 minutes or something like that. He says, cool. So, <laughs> so the, so the plane's going up and it's going up and it's been like, we're fucking still going up. And, and then we, we level off. And so finally it's like, wow, damn, we're up there. There's like four, there's me, there's three people, three passengers and, and the pilot. Okay. <laughs> so we're like, you know, okay, maybe get a drink. And all of a sudden this sound like <laughs> happens and it sounds just like static from a radio, but really loud. And weirdly, everybody has the same reaction, which is like, oh, I guess the radio got turned on really loud. Oh, strange. Like there's static, like, and then we're like, no, what the fuck? Radio? There's no radio. What the hell? What, what is this weird, loud sound? You know, we're kind of trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out and it's, loud. it's like, again, and we're like talking just like, hey, what the fuck is that? I don't know. Hey, pilot, pilot. And, and dude, the, the singer dude's like, pilot, dude, yo, dude, what's up? And the, the pilot isn't saying anything. Oh, He's wow. just flicking a bunch of fucking switches, okay? Oh, wow. oh my God. So, <laughs> and again, wh the one thing that's going through my head is like, how long does it take to get back down to the ground? I was like, it takes a really fucking long way because we, we had this ascent that was fucking 10 minutes or whatever, you know, of, uh, like straight up in the air, you know? Like, so it's like, I just, I'm feeling that we're just so fucking high above and I know that there's no landing this thing, you know, and like that's, that, that, that's the first thing that, that's happening, but it's all like taking place very slowly, you know, cause it's that car wreck time, you know? And so the point of the story is to say when something weird like this happens and something terrifying like this happens, you actually don't get scared. The whole time I was like, well, that's really weird. Everything just like slows down, you know? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, was like I, was, I, I was like, I was like, you know, that's not a radio. There's no radio. What the fuck am I? What is that? You know, and then it's like, and then, and then the pilot's, you know, flicking the switches. That's weird. And then dude goes, there's smoke coming out of the bathroom. And I go, oh, what? Boy. And I turn around. Oh, no. and, and, and And behind us, there is smoke coming out of the bathroom. And it smells like gas. Okay. Oh, my God, dude. And... The plane is smoking and it smells like gas. And there is the sound of ripping, just and we're we're miles and miles and miles above. And the and again, singer guy goes, dude, what the fuck is going on? No answer to the pilot. He is just working. He's swift flicking switches, you know. And fucking whoop, the sound stops. And the pilot says, We lost an engine, but don't worry, that's why we have two engines. Oh, and we're like, are you serious? He goes, he, he goes, he goes, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. He goes, he goes, we, that all planes have a backup engine. We're, we're fine. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So then we had to fly to fucking Vegas, which was basically just, we had to descend and land the fucking thing. And I, there was a bottle of booze and I just drank <laughs> the booze and we landed and got in and out burger. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. But there's, yo, uh, it was uh, a really, it sucks. It was so weird. But again, I, I got to say, everybody fucking stayed cool because the whole, and I, rem I distinctly remember this. I, I just remember thinking, this is really fucking hilarious. I am looking at pink leopard print wallpaper on a private plate. I'm, I'm going to fucking, this is it. And there was, 
and there's no way to, to to get scared or anything. It was just like this is. It was like this is fucking stupid. It's like there's there's that, a certain hilarity how, to it. Oh my god, the whole thing just felt stupid. You know, like like, but it was as real as fucking rain. You know, it was gnarly. You think Yo, I? You think, so when y'all you, was going up, that's when the engine blew out. Yes, it, 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 it was like. After we went up, then the engine blows out. So it's like this endless descent. So it was like, okay, cool. Now we're finally way up in the sky. Bam. You know, it's just a gnarly experience of like, of like every time you've ever gotten on a plane, like you do have that little fleeting thought of like, okay, well, what if this thing goes down? And like you actually went, experienced the next level of that. Yes. Okay. And so the he was all stoic and one saying shit is even worse. <laughs> well, did, oh yeah, yeah. Did the pilot not saying shit? And again, the pilot who was like, blah, 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 you know, he was like the pilot buddy, the, the fun pilot. And then all of a sudden he's just silent and flicking the switches, you know? Oh. And, and, and that, and, and so we were like, what the fuck was that noise? You know? And, and he was like, he's like, he goes, when the engine blew out, I had to like open up like an air, like, like the, it was basically like a vent that was allowing, the smoke from the fucking engine to go through the plane out the other side. Some sort of, you know, it's like an emergency vent thing, you know. He explained God, everything that he did. He explained, he explained, he was a good, he was great, you know. He explained everything that he did. I wish that he could have said, I wish he said, I wish he would have talked when he was flicking the switches. I just wish yeah. he would have said, we're fine. He didn't, you know. Like, so was but, everybody else paranoid? Were you, were you like, were you like freaked out, you think? or like Everybody, nothing? everybody was completely freaked out. And this dude who owned the plane, you know, like, like when we landed, the whole thing was like, everybody stayed cool and nobody was going to fr- fucking freak out. You know, that was sort of established, wow. you know. And I waited until we got on the ground into the hotel, I think, when I was like, has anything remotely like that ever happened? He goes, dude, absolutely not. That's I goes, I was so fucking scared. That was insane. You know? Yeah, um, I really felt like I was on a plane with you now. I swear to God, I would be that, that was whoa, that's intense. Okay, so 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 you think I would have learned my lesson, but nope. I get asked to, to, to I, I got offered uh, by a young guy who just got his pilot's license to fly to an island in Maine where his family has a bunch of land that and a uh, an airfield, you know. And this and this guy has been training for years, and he's and he's recently got his pilot his pilot's license, and he's you know he's used to this. Thing. I, I was like, you know what, fuck it, why not? What's the worst that can happen? So this is a propeller plane. This is a totally different deal, you know. Which, and, but I trust this guy because this guy's very very serious about his pilot shit. He's super serious, you know. And we have a really fun flight to Maine. I remember I was like, like we could listen to music. It's like this little, it's, it's, it's like riding in a motorcycle through the air or something like that. It's like, it, it's not exactly chill, but I, I don't know how else to put it, but it's not scary. You know, like, like just I'm of the mind that, you know, the, like I know I'm going to die in a fucking car. You know what I mean? Like, because cars are so fucking dangerous and planes are a million times less dangerous. And I just leave it at that, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm just like moving past all the plane scaredness and, and, you know, and so I'm having fun. I'm forgetting about that other fucking thing that happened. The other story, you know, um, but but also it feels, but it feels so different. It's a this is a totally different deal. Even like with the, it, like for example, in the case of like losing an engine on this plane, you can actually glide down and land. Like right. this, it just feels safer to me for some reason. You like so, you like you like propeller planes better. I kind of weirdly do. Um, wow. th- th- better than little jet planes. because be- Just because when that one fucking thing went wrong with a little jet plane, it was like, now we're just in a ball of steel that's going to drop. You know what I mean? There's something about a, there's something about a, like the, the way that, that propeller planes are designed where I, I think, I just, at least this plane that I was in, I had a sense like, 
I don't know if shit gets fucked up, this dude can land it. I call propeller planes La, La Bamba planes. La Bamba, yes. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. For I mean, for real. Like, like so, flight goes goes off of that hitch, and we're approaching this island. And again, this is Maine. It's like Eastern Seaboard. It's a sunny day. It's been a sunny day. Uh, the pilot dude says, he goes, man, this is cool. He's like, we're landing. We're landing at the last legal time that you could land on an unlit airfield. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So <laughs> this is the only time I get a little nervous. I was like, right, airfield. And we're approaching this island. And it's a, it's like the airfield is like on a sort of a cliff. And it just looks a little scary. It just looks a little, like very raw and analog. It's like, <laughs> right, so you're going to like, you're going to land this fucking plane on that thing that's like more of a field. It doesn't look like really an airplane landing thing. It looks like a field on a cliff, you know, but whatever, you know, I'm like, but, but, I, and of course, you know, you don't want to be scared, you know? And so you did yeah. so, and, and, and so you're not scared. And so, and so I was like, I trust this dude, but this is, I, I, it's more a little bit thrilling. Now it feels a little bit like a ride, you know, like, and, and, uh, and I, and, and, and because I'm friends with this dude, I say, is this, is this a nerve wracking land for you? And he goes, the only thing nerve wracking about it is the deer. And I, I go deer. He goes, yeah, you know, around this time, like the deer, deer start running around, and if we hit a deer on the airfield, we will, we are fucking liquefied. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. Wow. These, he goes, dude, these planes weigh nothing. Like, a, like you know how you know how like if you if you're in a lightweight car, a deer can kill you. You know, if you fucking knock into if you run into it, it could go through the windshield and fuck, fuck you yeah. up, whatever. Yeah. So he's like, we're fucked if that happens. He just says it. I go, okay, whatever. And it's a little bit, it's a little. I was like, whoa. And now the sun's going down. I was like. I could, this guy's kind of stunting, you know, he's sort of stunting, yeah. you know, like, an, and everything slows down because this fucking deer, there's a family of deer <laughs> and they're walking out. We're lit. I, I couldn't fucking believe it. And it really wasn't, again, it wasn't scary. It was like, holy shit. You know, like it was like, and it was like five fucking asshole deer on the fucking airfield. And dude fucking lands the plane and bounces over them. Okay? He goes, Badoosh, and over their fucking deer heads. And then we have to clear the fucking trees at the end of the runway because, like, just, so, so he fucking clears the deer and then clears these trees. And all of this happens, you know, in the, like, in this amount of time, you know what I mean? But it was enough time to be like, holy shit, there's fucking deer. Oh my God, we're going to hit the deer. Holy shit. He's pulling, he hit the ground. He's pulling up over the deer. Oh my God, there's trees. You know, it was like that. And fucking clears everything. And then he has to circle the motherfucking island again. It's a little island, but he has to circle it to fucking land. Up. And now the sun's going down again. And who knows what the fuck is going to be the fucking thing. My. And so... So we, so we got, it takes about five more goddamn minutes and then he fucking lands the plane. Nobody says anything. I get out. He makes some joke because uh, somebody was meeting us there and he, he just like, like the pilot acts like nothing happened. And then, and then I go, I go, I go, dude, uh, thanks. And he goes, Oh, what for? And I could tell, and I look at him and I could tell he's fucking bugging, you know, and yeah, yeah. like he's freaking out. I was like, you saved our lives. You did a bunch of good moves, man. Thanks. You were, you kept your fucking cool. It was great. And let's, and we don't have to talk about it. And, he, and he's like, Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, I was just doing my job. It doesn't matter. You know, 
So, and, and that, yeah. And, but then I got to say that night, we were, so we're staying in this little house in, on this island. And that night I heard, I, I got up to pee and I heard some talking in like the living room or in area. It was like super late at night and we had had a fire going. And I, I hear just a voice, I hear some mumbling. I look and, it, and it's, it's our dude, the pilot is just staring into the fire. And I remember he was just like, what are you doing? He just like, had drunk himself completely into a stupor and was just tripping. Yeah, but you do that when he was landing, like uh, over the deer. Like, how would how how would you describe your feeling? Like, what were you feeling like? I, I couldn't. Again, not even scared. Just like motherfucker. You know, like I like to say, like a car wreck. It's, car wreck. Yeah, slow. it's just like slow. It's like, it. It, it's like a whippet's voice. You know, it was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> oh my really? God. Dude, I started to say, man. Can't. It's like every time you're in a near death experience, it's like your internal narrator is like, yeah, but but it's always version. This, it's always it is it's just chopped. basically life becomes chopped and screwed in these moments luckily all these stories aren't about you know they're like like it's not about somebody hurting you know doing violence onto another person or something like that it's just these very surreal disaster situations that everybody's kind of got kind of got in the back of their mind and then it fucking happens and when it does you just kind of can't believe it. You're just like, are you yes. fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the vibe. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Like, I like the way you brought me into that. Like, Tom, don't you feel like into the, I felt like on both flights. <laughs> Bouncing over the fucking deers, man. I was like. Because see, this is what I'm trying to wonder. Okay, can we ask you a question? So, like, what you mean bounce? So, he landed. Oh, okay, so, so, so he landed. He landed. He, he brought the plane down like early so we wouldn't run into the deer. He kind of like jammed the plane down so we, we would bounce like we were on a dead course to hit the deer. So so instead he kind of nosed it down and landed early and then pulled up really quick, you know, like like basically like oh. like, 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 like like a bouncing ball, you know, like like, yeah. it was like boom, you know, ah. yeah, like 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 really fucking split second decision making like you know what am i gonna do do i hit the deer or do i risk this move and he risks the move and then and, and so, so he and i swear to god dude i mean we were over their goddamn ant antlers i mean it was just that close you could you could <laughs> oh see you could smell god. the fuckers you know, I like, know you were scared and i i know i'm just picturing your little cool ass swag i know oh, you know that motherfucker keeping it player like but oh my oh, yeah. god yeah, but, but I, I got to say, so in all the stories, the only one where I lost my shit was just last Saturday night, that goddamn graveyard when that fucking, when that goddamn animal noise happened. When you're in a graveyard in from 1776, a fucking revolutionary work goddamn graveyard, and all of a sudden this loud monster noise happens. Yeah. I, we, we literally, it was like Scooby-Doo. We were like, nah! Like, why was the horse blindfolded? I thought you were talking about know. a fucking statue. I, 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 yeah, because because uh, actually Jr. grew up around horses. I guess bitch ass horses. You you put them in blindfolds and they don't bite and they they shut them. They're supposed to chill. It's like with race horses when they put the blinkers on. Yeah, and they I, can't. I know about yeah. those. But it was fucking all these other stories that were very real. I I was cool as a motherfucker. I got to say, or as cool as I could be. But like. This the graveyard th that fucking monster noise. I was a fucking you know, I was running out of a graveyard like shaggy. I was fully yeah. shaggy. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, y'all. You killed it. That's it for tonight, folks. 
If you like what you've heard, hit the show notes for the pre-order link to our companion zine, which, if you order one, will be hitting your mailboxes very soon. Don't want a zine, but want to give us a love offering instead? Our Venmo and Cash App links are in the show notes as well. Faces in the Corner is brought to you by Boss Babies LLC and through the generous support of our sponsors and listeners like you. Faces in the Corner is produced by me, Tom Sexton, Matthew Carter, Levi Funk, and Daniel Pujol, with original music by Daniel Pujol. Thanks again for being with us, and remember, when you lay your head down tonight and you cut off all those lights, may the faces you see in the corner be ever in your corner. Sweet dreams.